This here Major Spoilers podcast is brought to you by Major Spoilers VIPs from around the world. VIPs stands for very important people, and their small monthly contributions ensure that this podcast remains free for all of you. If you would like to help Major Spoilers create more content for you, please visit members.majorspoilers.com and become a VIP member today. I sure do thank you for your support. Now, here's your show. The Major Spoilers Podcast covers news, reviews, and of course spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. If you haven't read, listened, or watched the items they talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Zach. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In... This issue, new powers for a Kryptonian old friends coming to Netflix, plus Heroes Reborn again, The Walking Dead, The Perfect Couple, The Power to Stop Time, plus Atomic Robos Brian Clevenger stops by Stately Spoilers Manor to talk all things awesome. Episode 610 coming at you like a crossfire, hurricane, something, something, movie reference, throwing some comic book stuff so you know it's me. Backhanded compliment for Zach, because the Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. Welcome to issue 610 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. How you doing, Zach? I am still breathing, How Steven. you doing, Matthew? Uh, not breathing near as well as Zach, but getting over uh, <laughs> it, mostly. Hey, how you doing, Rodrigo? Oh, that's right. Rodrigo's not here uh, this week. Oh, there wasn't just a lag. <laughs> no. Oh, it's a really man. long lag. It'll no, be like got, a week-long lag. He's got work again, but uh, he'll, he'll, uh, he'll be around. Don't worry. Uh, thank you, everybody, for downloading and uh, sharing this podcast with a friend. We couldn't do it without you. And if you want to help us out, uh, head over to the Majorspoilers.com website. Click on that Amazon banner, and everything that you buy through that Amazon link at Major Spoilers sends a little bit back our way and allows us to keep the lights on. And uh, maybe someday get health insurance for all of us. Yay. So there you go. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, oh. it would be. Uh, so Superman's got some new powers, or a new power, a major new power. Is? Yes, um, issue number 38 debuts this week. And from the look of it, uh, DC put up this little uh, uh, timeline of first new powers in decades. Uh, in 1938, Superman was introduced with super speed, then super strength in 1938, then super hearing in 1939, x-ray vision in 39, invulnerability in 39. Then he was finally given the ability to fly in 1941, one of the biggest mistakes ever, and then heat vision oh, in 1949. Stop. And now a new year, a new power called the super flare okay super ventriloquism Ooh. was in 1958 uh the ability to shape shift his face using only the muscles in his face was from 1942 i don't know if those are powers that are <laughs> that stick around you know because all these other ones stuck around forever super speed I, maybe this is what they're talking i mean in this way something that is um i don't know they're just saying it's a new power New Year. Super, super Flare. Super Flare. Super Flare. It's, uh, hey, it's supposed to be super and super, super uh, destructive. big and bad. Yeah. It's, oh. uh, this, is what, um, this is what Jeff John said in the USA Today interview. It's definitely the most destructive power Superman has, and he's not exactly excited about it because it is so dangerous, and there are consequences. It's not going to be suddenly he can levitate things. It's something that he's going to be very un- that, that is going to be very unstable and something that Superman's going to have to deal with for quite a while. Wow. Looks like a nuclear blast in the uh, mm-hmm. image that uh, DC released. Well, finally, somebody addresses Superman not having enough power. Yeah. I mean, you know. He also gets after. a new suit, kind of. Yeah, what's different? I haven't been uh, reading Superman, so I now can't really has, tell. He now has uh, sleeves that extend down <laughs> to uh, no, no cut-off fingers. 
kind of oh, okay. a fingerless glove, fingerless glove thing. And then That's his fun. boots now have the little notch in them. Which they need. The notch is, is iconic and necessary. Uh, the little belt, a uh, little yellow oval on the belt is a little bit bigger. And he must. I thought it was an S in the new 52. I don't know. It's a little oval here. This is John Romita Jr. doing the art this week. That's a change. Uh, the Perez version had uh, another an S. S shield on the belt. No bulge mm. in the pants, but plenty of muscles all over the place. So I don't know what that says about our friend from Krypton. Look at this. It actually Maybe looks a little bit more. He's a it looks more traditional. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Yes, the bulge is retractable. That's mm-hmm. biology. I don't know. I just that bothers me whenever they intentionally hide the bulge whenever we can see every single uh, yeah. rib on his <laughs> on his well, body. They're and we don't see whether issue. he's. Uh, you remember that issue that we had though a couple of years ago with the Commander Steel? Yeah, that was cover? Alex Ross painted that cover, and then DC yeah. said, "Oh, wait a minute, that bulge looks a little bit too big. Uh, that that <laughs> seems threatening to us. Cut it back a little yeah. bit." Uh, well, ridiculous. And I mean, it 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 can be, and I think it's something that they do have to worry about. I agree with you that a costume that tight should be that tight. If they, well, I mean, I mean, you're going to do it, gonna, you might as well own if it. If you're going to see, uh, and we don't see it as much as we did, but mm-hmm. if we're going to see nipples protruding through female costumes, mm-hmm. then we should be able to see a bulge in Superman's pants. Yeah. Or Batman and- or Flash or whoever it's going to be. Um, I, and I'm not trying to be, you know, uh, provocative. Oh. I'm just trying to, yeah, I'm just trying to say, here is something that if we're going to talk about anatomy, if we're going to talk about costume designs, right. where a man's thing is, is an important consideration. And, you know, going back to 1977, after the first shots were done, they actually hired somebody to be continuity and sewed a cup into Christopher Reeve's suit because they realized... Oh, it was moving around too much? <laughs> yeah, that Christopher, the movement of his genitals was visible in the early footage. So I definitely agree with you. And I think that the question of if the women's nipples are there for the titillation of the viewers who are oriented that way... I think that the opposite is fair play. I, and I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be offended. I mean, would you be offended, no. Zach, if, if Superman suddenly dressed to the left or right and you could tell? No, I would probably be more prone to read Superman if that was happening. There you go. <laughs> I think that'd be really awesome. I mean, because when you look, when I think of, I mean, you think of Superman and the way they're doing all the superhero stuff now is super tight spandex. Yeah. Like, that, is, that is happening. Yeah. No matter how big his penis is, it right. is going to be there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't mean to go in this direction with this conversation. Yeah, I'm right. just looking at this picture that uh, popped up on yeah, USA Today can, and that we have it here on the website. You can see his ribs. You yeah. can see, you know, the muscles. You see his, the you see his navel, and then it goes down to this big, like, smooth area. Now, maybe he's <laughs> wearing depends. Maybe Superman is wearing depends because when the super flare goes off, right. he needs to catch something. Yeah. Well, maybe he's well, wearing a super chastity bow. Ooh. He's probably wearing mm-hmm. Depends because he's Superman and he's flying around the world fighting and fighting and fighting. He doesn't always have time to find a Stuckies. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> I kind of if, hope that, what is what is this, the Super Flare? Yeah. I, mm-hmm. It would be a great thing if this was how they were announcing that J.J. Abrams was going to do a, 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 a Superman, <laughs> Superman movie. movie. <laughs> oh, I hope you're the first one to make that joke. That's wonderful. Uh, that is funny. Uh, you can read the interview and the whole story over at USA Today, but we do have a link and those pictures yep. over at uh, over at Majorspoilers.com. I, you know, Super Flare sounds cool. Let's see what happens. Um, you should have called it Hadouken. It, I mean, it does look like he's going Super Saiyan or something. Yeah, in the yeah. Art. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Super Saiyan Superman. 
Oh, yes. Oh, man. And you can sing it to the Camp Town races. Hey, how about Heroes Reborn? <laughs> Did you guys watch the Super Bowl? Did you watch the Super Bowl, Zach? Did you um, even, were you even capable of doing that? Uh, well, we were moving for the first part of it. So I think that, um, we didn't really start watching until the second half. Or, no, that's not true. It wasn't until that's the fourth true. quarter that anything uh, got interesting. Oh, we stopped watching by then. Oh. Uh, we were moving and stuff, and then we got we had to get, like, our not dirty, and then we went over to a, a, a friend's house, and we watched part of the game, uh, and then we left. I don't know when we left. It wasn't even the fourth quarter, but we had to go do more stuff at our house. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. we couldn't, like, sleep. So we uh, we watched a little bit of it. <laughs> Cockroach but invasion. Most of it, anything. I don't. Uh, I wasn't really watching the game. I was just talking to friends and stuff. Oh, okay. So you probably didn't get to see this Heroes Reborn teaser trailer. I did not see it on Super Bowl Sunday, but I did see it on the website. Yeah, so there's this uh, guy raising his arms to the heavens, and it's a giant uh, uh, aurora going on, and it starts swirling around. Oh, I guess it's a little girl. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a... uh, Inuit uh, person, an Eskimo. And then we see, and then we see uh, the horn rim glasses. Yeah, horn rim glasses guy. HRG. And then, he died. Uh, I only watched, I think, five episodes of Heroes. Oh, really? Like on Netflix or something a long time ago. I think I missed out on the second half of the last season mm. that they had, or the whatever. I don't remember how many seasons it went. But I know I not everybody's returning it. Days of Heroes passed too. Oh, so. that's when I stopped watching too. Yeah, the minute that yeah. Siler started going nuts and killing everybody left and right, and oh, stealing their like powers, their yeah, yeah, cutting open their heads and yeah. all that. Yeah, but and then, yeah, uh, right after Days of Future Past, that's when I stopped watching too. Peter left his girlfriend in the future, and that's the point. Where I'm like, what? Um, so, what do you guys think of this Heroes Reborn? Are you interested in seeing it? Mm, I mean. No, I mean, obviously I mean, I'm not the first because heroes, I never watched Heroes. Well, Heroes, whenever it first started, I mean, that was a superhero genre television show mm. that was huge, wasn't it? Everybody was into yeah. because it was like save the cheerleader, save the yeah, world. Everyone and let's, knows that. Yeah, everybody was following it, and here are these people with powers, and I don't realize that I don't think. And we had these conversations uh, when the show was going on how much this was uh, X uh, X Men. Um, nod, mm-hmm. rip off, whatever people wanted to say about it. Oh my! But I wonder if people are going to be that excited about Heroes Reborn. I mean, Constantine, uh, Gotham, The Flash, Arrow—are people still going to be interested in the heroes? Whenever you've got, oh yeah, heroes that you actually know about. Well, you're going to have people that watch the show and maybe aren't even comic book fans, but enjoyed Heroes that will mm-hmm. that might right. be excited for it. Uh, and there's also, I mean, it's a short, it's a short, short nostalgia period, but right. there is some of that. Yeah. Well, it's ten years ago, and yeah, it was. the thing oh, is, yeah, how long yeah. it was? Oh, wow. 2006, actual, 2007, it, something around, around there. But the weekly audience for Heroes was several times the audience of the people who read the comic books today. I mean, you're you're talking several million people watched yeah. Heroes. I think that the yeah, for whatever value there is, I think we're going to see some heroes coming back. As long as the material is quality. What is it? It's like a 13-issue uh, or a 13-episode limited series from what I understand. Yeah, this is going to be a limited series, so it's not going to be a huge run. And they are keeping it short, and I do mm-hmm. like that. I think – That's smart. I think – man, I don't know. I, I've argued before how much I hate it whenever a TV season is 13 episodes. Doctor yeah. Who does it and drives me up the wall – uh, every HBO and Showtime original show does that same thing and drives me up the wall. And I like a nice round 60 episode yearly run. And uh-huh. we don't get does, that. Does anybody do that besides Super Sentai? Well, Major Spoilers does. 
Um, well, that's true. We are awesome. Yes. Uh, but I guess in this sense, if you're going to test something out, if you want to make a commitment so that you can pay some fan service and you want to get some uh, attention drawn to you, doing a 13-episode run of Heroes or the new X-Files or whatever that comes down the pipe, I'm okay with. Providing that it's packaged as this is a finite 13-episode run. At the end of this, that's the end of it. If we want to come back and do another one, it won't be tied to the first, to the previous season. It'll Mm -hmm. be another 13-episode run, and the story will be self-contained in there. You won't have to worry Mm -hmm. about waiting uh, nine months for the show to come back on. There you have it. So, Mm -hmm. And that's why, I, I mean, I... I embrace the model that in Netflix is doing by putting it all up online, except for what's uh, Better Call Saul, I think they're doing weekly that's on AMC. Netflix. Oh, that's AMC. But yeah. is that going on Netflix or is that going on AMC? Um, I think they're releasing. I thought I saw them say something might, about they're releasing some, it every week. I know in the last season of Breaking Bad, they simultaneously released it Netflix week after week, but it was like in Europe or something. Oh, it okay. wasn't in America. So maybe that's here in America they're going to do that. I, I, I haven't heard anything. That it, that's possible. Okay. Based on the trailer, I'm hoping that it actually is a sequel to Chuck as well. <laughs> Heroes or yeah. uh, Better Call Saul? Heroes. Because Chuck's in it. He's all like, oh, look at me. I'm Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I'm kind of flip-flop back and forth on that. But I still would prefer a longer story, providing that the longer story is good. Um, mm-hmm. I think we know that um, Agent Carter, for example, is a finite short run mm-hmm. show. But yeah. it seems to drag a little bit seems like it should have been maybe six episodes instead of 12 or whatever that we're getting out mm-hmm. of it. Because um, this last week's episode, the uh, Blitzkrieg button or whatever it was, the Blitzkrieg switch. I haven't switch, seen it yet. La, 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 you, there's, la. There is one interesting part in the whole show. La, 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 la. But other than that, <laughs> I was really kind of bored. So let me let me pick your brain. Sure. Because we talk about this release model a lot. It's comics right. in it, like... Uh, was it Japan and they well, do a lot of things like this? So this, why, this week, this why week, is it this that you would rather see that in comics where they have short runs, not unconnected, and then not so much in TV? Well, I would prefer that we have you wait a year. Here comes your volume of a big story. Mm-hmm. You read the whole story, right. and then you wait a year for that next thing to come out, as opposed to the monthly release right. of comics. Right, so right, we're right. seeing that because DC's doing that with Earth One, uh, Earth One, Superman. Uh, volume three comes out this week, and it's been what year, year and a half since Volume two came out, and you've got that finite mm-hmm. story that you can go and read, p- pull off the shelf, put it down. You don't have to wait for it to be serialized. Mm-hmm. You don't have to wait another year to find out what happens after the cliffhanger. It's all in a self-contained story, and right. I like that. I don't like stuff that just goes on and on and on, and uh, leaves you hanging, mm-hmm. especially when the show gets canceled and it's not <laughs> wrapped up. Was Chuck ever wrapped up? Because I never made it to the end of Chuck. Oh. oh, okay. So, but like, what HBO is doing with True Detective, which I haven't watched, but I know oh, it's a good it, show. I know I'm waiting. But I'm see, the problem is, but like, so the first season mm-hmm. was self-contained. Second right. season, self-contained, not, not connected. Do you right. like this or you don't? Yes, like I do it? like. You that. do like this. I do like that. Okay. Um, the thing though is, I don't have HBO. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to get the uh, HBO to uh, yeah, standalone package that five buck thing. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but what I do know is that. When True Detective finally came out and was released, I devoured it all in like three or four days. Mm -hmm. And now I've got, you know, six months or whatever until uh, the show starts up again on HBO. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do like that kind of instant gratification Mm -hmm. with everything. Um, Some shows, though, I do want to see them go on. I don't want to see Constantine 
go away um, in a couple of months and we don't know what the fate of it is. I don't want to have it go away at a big cliffhanger uh, yeah. okay. and then I we have to, and then we now. have to wait and we have to wait like 18 months mm-hmm. before they decide to release a new episode again. Um, if you're going to do heroes, don't promise something that's ongoing. Just say, here's 13 episodes. That's as long as it's going to be. We're going to tell a story from beginning to end. And that's what Heroes did I in the see. first season. They basically saved the cheerleader. Well, actually, I think they saved the cheerleader three quarters of the way through the first season. And then they didn't know what to do next. <laughs> but tell your story, end it, and get out. Ah, okay, so now I understand. Does that make sense? Yes. But you, what you don't like about like the Doctor Who or the way like Breaking Bad's with their mm-hmm. final season is that... Uh, they split it up yeah. with a cliffhanger, well, and Doc- you had to wait a while. Doctor Who is incredibly bad about that, especially if you don't watch the shows live, because I forget which uh, Matt Smith season it was, but you bought it on iTunes, and you bought oh, the complete yeah. season, and you're thinking, oh, okay, well, here's the complete season. Oh, no, you got like nine episodes, mm-hmm. and then they sold you the back end mm-hmm. for another forty nine ninety nine or whatever it was, and that was bullcrap. Um <laughs> What I, you know, uh, shows like, um, what's the one on, um, with Johnny Drama, uh, Entourage, Entourage. The thing that I hated about Entourage is that it was eight episodes long for a season, basically. Mm -hmm. And the episodes, once you got into the last time, the intro, and then the credits, Mm -hmm. you had like 18 minutes of show and you only got eight of those. And it was like they could have done twenty-two of those. Mm-hmm. That's where I got uh, upset and irate about all that. Right, all right, does that make sense? Yeah, I see where you're coming from. Okay. Uh, oh. Patsy Walker coming to uh, Jessica Jones on the Netflix series. Speaking of uh, shows being dumped at us all at once, <laughs> Rachel Taylor's been you hired to play full the character. Of opinions this week. I am <laughs> full of opinions. I'm always full of opinions. People just don't ask me about them, like Young Zach did. Rachel Taylor oh, has been hired to play the fun. character that the uh, Marvel describes in the press release as a syndicated radio talk show host, former model, and child TV star known for her known to her adoring fan as Patsy Walker. As Jessica Jones's closest friends, Trish uh, helps her embark on the most dangerous case of Jessica's career. Oh, now we don't know if. Um, the Jessica Jones series, one case is the entire 13 episodes. We don't know that. Mm. We don't know much about the series. But Patsy Walker's been around since forever. She was around since before Marvel was Marvel. Oh, yeah. Patsy Walker's been around since 1944. Yeah. Uh, Miss, uh, what is it? Miss America Magazine, number twenty, uh, number two from but 1944. for years, Patsy Walker was basically just a distaff version of Archie. Yeah, a romance comic, right? She was the redhead single soup central character, and then she had two well, one boy, and then kind of a, like a rotating boy, and then she had a Reggie type character who was Hetty. Hetty, by the way, is my favorite because she's a jerk. Was she also now Millie the model? That was her, a whole separate title, right? Yes, she, they, they didn't share anything. No. Billy the model was a separate book. I actually but I have believe seen... that their continuities have become entwined in recent years. Ah, okay, I've actually Millie... seen. Some of the original 1940s Millie the Models. Well, yeah, so have I. They're actually not bad books. The thing about it is, if you go back to those old Patsy Walker stories, yeah, when they brought she her wasn't into crime fighter or anything, no, when they brought her into the Marvel universe in the 70s, it was as a joke. Mm. They're like, oh, here's a kid, ah, ha, ha, she has the same name as Patsy Walker, and then they're like, no, that totally is Patsy Walker. But all the romance stories you read were Patsy's mom mm. writing comic books. And so Patsy grew up as basically kind of what they describe here in this thing as 
uh, a, a famous character, mm-hmm. kind of like you know the kid who uh, was based on Harry Potter yeah. or vice versa. Yeah. And then she became Hellcat by picking up Tigra's uh, discarded cat costume in like I want to say seventy seven or seventy eight in the mm-hmm. Avengers. Mm-hmm. And then she's been Hellcat pretty much since. Oh, this is good, though, right? I mean, she's another defender, isn't she? Yes, Hellcat is a legit defender, going back to some of the earliest days. So, I'm bothered by the fact that they keep calling her Trish. I, I and every time they say Trish, I'm like Jeff Loeb. <laughs> you know, your character for 75 years has been known as Patsy. You don't just suddenly start calling her Trish unless you're trying to be all super coy about it. And once again, you know, oh, well, here's a reference that's there only for the people that need to know it. And the rest of us, we're just going to pretend no, that there's I think no this comic is, book time. No, this is, this is definitely Shirts. announced as Hellcat, that uh, that's who mm-hmm. she is. So that is uh, the interesting that's the interesting bit in the uh, in the press release so we know that that's coming we know ooh we saw the first teaser of Daredevil did you see that today oh, the yeah, first it's trailer the, lands it's the teaser for the teaser of the yeah, trailer yeah the teaser for the trailer yes <laughs> coming the, soon is it? The yeah the, the trailer lands on Wednesday or today oh, okay. depending on when you're listening I to it, it, I thought it was people. The, the, another teaser landed on Wednesday no no I think it's the full trailer oh, lands on Wednesday good good because the show starts uh, is just around the corner well, next month two months yeah let me double check it uh, Daredevil Daredevil, fat coyote catches full you. teaser tomorrow. Oh, let's Daredevil. see, Daredevil trailer pe- preview, full teaser tomorrow. That doesn't make any sense. If he catches <laughs> that, that makes no sense so whatsoever. Is, is it a teaser for the teaser? <laughs> that's what it sounds it's like. A teaser, <laughs> teaser for the that's teaser of the trailer. That's what that's what uh, Screen Rant's headline say, reads: Daredevil trailer preview, full me. teaser tomorrow. Jeff Lowe. <laughs> that's that's. Uh, <laughs> he spells Jeff with a ph. Well, I mean, Jeff John spells it with a G O. Marvel that's a Canadian has done spelling. this with a few things. Like I think before Days of Future Past, uh, there was like a Vine trailer mm-hmm. before they or oh, a yeah. Vine. There was a ten or a six second teaser, mm-hmm. but the day before the real teaser released, mm-hmm. and then like the next day you got a trailer. Ugh, I hope that's not what it is. I'll be looking for it when it hits the uh, Marvel YouTube channel on Wednesday. We'll have it up on the website. Daredevil airs on Netflix or lands on Netflix, released on Netflix. I don't know. I don't, can we call Netflix we, television? Or we, can we call Netflix television? I do. I'm, <sighs> it is a it is a a a I television, television dispersal I guess. service. It's a distributor. Yeah, I would but say it's a distributor, but it's not a television channel. It's not a channel. That is true. But it is a it's platform. Not a network. It's a they platform. Is what it is. It's a media platform. Yeah. Programs to no. be viewed. No. In whatever they are making, thing they are making, they are making video programs for your enjoyment. Well, now, for sake. <laughs> let's see. That's that's what that's what I'm getting down into. Is they're not a television network. I mean, originally they were a. Freaking movie DVD to your house. Yeah. They were a a blockbuster. Do you remember when they decided to ruin their stock for about a week? Yes. And decided to make uh, their DVD uh, dispersal part of like a different company name? And that lasted about a week after everybody was like, you guys are stupid. And they're like, okay, fine. Okay, fine. And now today people are like, DVDs, what the hell? Because people are getting all of your Netflix content. Via your iPad, your laptop, your desktop, and in some cases also on your television. But mm-hmm. you have to have a television that's internet ready that has the Netflix installed on it. I've got an Apple TV, so mm-hmm. I I can hook that up there. I suppose if you have Google Chrome, the uh, the Chromecast, Chrome, yeah. you can throw it up there. Mm-hmm. But it's not is not 
television. That's the weird thing. But it's yet a video we still refer distribution to, service, right? Right. But we still refer to it as a television television show on Netflix. It's original program. Yeah. It's just weird. I mean, because it's not it's not broadcast television. It's not cable well, yeah, television. Movies aren't it's not, on film it's anymore. It's not cable so television. I guess you could say internet television. I mean, it's video. I mean, I mean television thing. is video at a distance. That's the definition of television: video at a distance. Mm. So in that case, it is, but it's not. It's not broadcast, <laughs> and that's the thing that. I always have, I always get a, I always like, do I call it a television show? Cause what if you're just watching it? What if you don't have a television and just watch it on your, your media device, yeah. your mobile device? But are movies that are shot on digital media still films? Technically, no. They are movies. Now, Would you there's, call them a film? Sometimes I do. Sometimes you do. And there's a distinction there, though, whenever people talk about film as a cinematic, um, like, alkylade. Of, yeah, accolade mm-hmm. of, you know, lifting this up beyond just the dreck of movies. You know, it's kind of like, uh, what, what am I thinking here? You you hold it in higher regard yeah. by calling it a right. film as it's, opposed to a movie. You're, well, you're yeah. elevating it. Okay, yeah. Zach, when you go and you buy, let's say Arcade Fire puts out something and you're like, okay, yeah. I'm going to wait, but I'm going to buy the vinyl right now. I'm going to go and I'm going to download this album to my iStream phone play <laughs> yeah, pad. But, it's, but he says, but it's is album. It he's an not, album. Yeah, it is. But he's not going out and buying a record. Well, maybe he might. I do. I do. But he does go out and buy that album. And yeah. I, but you know, that's can you difference. call it a record if it's a, if it's a digital recording? Nope, I don't think so. Mm, see, because that I think that yeah. denotes I think the, the, the flat the flat vinyl disc. Yeah, the record is the thing. I mean, that's the you drop a needle because they onto call it. it an album because it's released on, because it was released on vinyl, cassette, eight track. You know, <laughs> they it's call released it an in album because it used to come in an actual cardboard album, and you yeah. open it and take out your record and play it. I think, and this is what I think. I think video distribution. Well, aren't you just full of opinions tonight? <laughs> hey, you started it, and now I'm going to finish it. Oh, that's I don't know about finish, but go ahead. No, this is how it's going to go. I think that you can call Netflix a television. I think you thing can too, because many of the people who want to watch these shows, as I do, watch Netflix on their television. How do you watch it? Is, do you have a um, uh, tele- either the Netflix or the is, PS3? Is uh, okay, so you're going through yeah. that kind of a system, then. Okay. Yeah. When I have PS3 problems, which is all the time now, because I have. But Wii has Netflix on a lot it. of issues. Yeah. Yeah. The Wii U does. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think the Wii. Did the Wii does too. too. Yeah. yeah the Wii did too. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, yeah, that's the nice thing is Netflix is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Hulu's almost everywhere. YouTube is um, is I think everywhere. Man, YouTube's new update on Apple TV is so freaking nice. Their it old app is, was horrible, but you know what? Their new one is so much better. I guess the Apple TV that I have down here in the home theater is must be an older version that is not accepting the update. Oh, because for real? It, it's got the new logo, but when you go into it, it's the old interface, old crappy thing that you can never find anything. Yeah, in. yeah, it's horrible. So. Yeah, but yeah, the, Zach's got opinions too. It was Welcome the worst. It was the like YouTube. Well, was the basic, worst thing yeah, ever. It was, it was a bad. It was, it was a bad interface design. Yeah, unless you had subscriptions already that you could go into, and then you had oh. to scroll down your list, open it up, see if there's something new. Now, it the worst. now it's so nice because it shows you what all your yeah. latest subscription updates are. Although it doesn't show all of them, no. I think it only shows like 15 of them. Yeah, so remember. you still have to go through your channels, um, but. Um, but yeah, it it's is so it is so now. much so nicer much than what it was before. Yeah. And even I, Vimeo had an update too. If you didn't uh, go oh, and yeah. check on that, is a lot nicer too. Yeah. So and there's, and there's, a, there's a tennis channel now. Always something new yes, with the sports. And, always something um, weird. No, they added they added the tennis one, and it's uh, 
How long has that 120 channel been around? The oh, that's 120. new, too. That's new. And then the, yeah. yeah. A bunch and of weird stuff I'll never click they on. They have the NFL network on there, but yeah. it's, but you couldn't have watched the Super Bowl through that. That's yeah. the problem. I think, I think the only thing that is keeping... The only thing that's keeping people tied to their cable is football. Oh, yeah. Be- because <sighs> if because I can watch all my ma- well, almost all my major league soccer games live mm-hmm. through Apple uh, Tunes. Major league baseball, basketball, tennis, um, hockey is all on the Apple TV. Yeah, I don't. Can you do MLB yet? Yeah, you Major League Baseball. That was can? one of the, that was one of the very first ones because oh, whenever I saw it up there when I when we first got our Apple TV, I was like, "Oh, if only soccer would do this." And then, like two years ago, MLS finally said, mm-hmm. "Yeah, we'll put it on there." And then we started running into conflicts about, "Oh, this game is could is you're in a blackout yeah. zone." And it's like, "Come on, I'm paying you sixty bucks a year or whatever to watch <laughs> soccer. I want to watch soccer." Speaking of soccer, I read the craziest book this week. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. My dad would appreciate that transition. He always told me, that's, Tommy, a, that's play a Steven soccer. transition, baby. I, I don't. This is from Zenoscope Entertainment. It's called Hollywood Zombie Apocalypse Number Two. It's a two issue series. And it's a $5.99 book. But damn it, go and get the first issue as well. This is just. I don't know how they did it. This is like. This is one of those, it's so bad, it's good. This is Sharktopus. This is Sharknado. Oh, yeah. This is uh, the worst sci-fi that you could ever see done in a brilliant way. So the premise is uh, No Name Nobody, actor guy, gets cast as the lead in this superhero um, movie. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he's going to go do this table read in Hollywood. And it's a big to do. And a lot of stars are going to show up. All these other stars are in there. So like Selena Gomez is in the movie. um, Tom Cruise is in the movie. I mean, just start naming celebrities. Uh, oh, Walter White, uh, uh, Brian Cranston is in the movie playing a bad guy. Oh, wow. And they don't say, they don't ever say, well, hello, Brian Cranston. Mm-hmm. They go, oh, well, there's Tom, and it looks just like Tom Cruise. And oh, Brian, or they'll say Cranston, uh, The Rock is playing a thing-like character okay. called The Boulder or The Slab or something <laughs> is what he's called. And, wh- and this is all in the first issue. Uh, and while they're in there, a... Um, zombie apocalypse breaks out in Los Angeles because somebody ate some imported seaweed or something. That's what it literally is. (laughs) And they have to escape. They have to, uh, Tom Cruise calls up John Travolta and Travolta says, Hey, I'll stay here until six o'clock, but at six o'clock, I'm getting into my helicopter and I'm taking off. So you guys got to get out here to the Hollywood Hills. Mm -hmm. And so it's them getting out of the hotel, getting across the street into the, uh, into their minivan and driving away. It's got Shia LaBeouf being Shia LaBeouf. (laughs) I mean, even at one point, Cranston is like, I'm so going to feed him to these guys, <laughs> you know, because he's so Shia LaBeouf is just a, such a dick uh-huh. in this and how they got away. I don't know how they did this. I don't know how they were able to get the likenesses in this. Uh, Justin Bieber is in there and he comes to a, a, a dirty demise, which is nice. <laughs> but it is just like take actors, famous actors this would actually, this almost feels like it is a pitch for a made for TV movie or a sci-fi channel movie <laughs> because it's like, take all these actors, you know, and then have them go chew the scenery for two hours. Mm-hmm. So if you can imagine Tom Cruise jumping up and down on Oprah's couch, that's kind of the way he is in this, in this comic book. He's totally method acting that he is the sidekick <laughs> of the, the hero and is killing people left and right until the, the lead guy is like, 
uh, Tom. And he's like, don't call me Tom. My name is whatever the sidekick's name is. He's like, you got to stop killing humans. Only kill the dead people. And he's like, okay, I'll only kill the, I'll only kill the zombies. And it's just, it's a lot of gags. It's a lot of, it is just, I don't know how to describe this except mm-hmm. for this. My problem with the zombie genre is that speaking of something that definitely has no end, Walking Dead. <laughs> I'm listening to uh, what's the uh, audio drama? We're alive. No end. No idea of hope or survival or any of this stuff in these kind of stories. Oh, for real? Yeah. Uh, Hollywood Zombie Apocalypse actually does have an end where. Oh, this is an ending. I just thought that you. Yeah, saying. this one okay, def- definitely has an ending. Uh, not everybody dies. You know, zombie apocalypse movies are just so so much of a downer because everyone dies at the end. Mm. Uh, there are people that die at the end. Some of them you're rooting for. Uh, I will I will uh, say this, that uh, uh, Charlie Sheen shows up, and it's a great moment in the comic. Um, but there's an actual end to the zombie apocalypse by the time you in, reach the end of this comic. It is so crazy. When I read the first issue a few days ago before uh, before they sent us the second issue, I was like, what is this? And then when I finished reading the book, I'm like, I still don't know what this is. <laughs> it's one of those, it is so bad, it's good kind of things. If you're going to spend $12 to go see a movie, spend your $12 and get these two books because it's terrible. It's bad <laughs> acting. Um, you know, the the rock is, is so upset that his assistant is dead. He's literally carrying him through the lobby, just going, I need a latte. Stuart, wake up, please, Stuart. I need a latte. I don't know what to do. It's just... It's insane. The art is really good because you can tell that, oh, that's Brian Cranston. Oh, that's Tom Cruise. Oh, that's Selena Gomez. Oh, that's The Rock. You can tell everybody that's mm-hmm. in there. Oh, that's William Shatner getting a, a pool stick to the eye. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> um, the story is not that good, though. Oh, no. I mean, it's, I mean, it's because it's so... <laughs> Wait, because wait it's, why it's, am I it's so, It is so schlocky. It is, it's one of those things that it's so bad it's good. Hollywood Zombie Apocalypse number two. You really need to get both parts. You don't want to miss any of the. You don't. <laughs> you really don't because it's that. The subtleties in part This one. is one of those things that you have to see from the beginning. You can't just drop yourself in the middle of a zombie apocalypse and not know what's going on. I'm pretty oh, sure Nathan Fillion is one of these guys in this, uh, in this book. I'm giving it three and a half slices of uh, meatloaf. Wow. <laughs> it's so bad it's good. Hollywood Zombie Apocalypse number two. It's out this week from Zenoscope Entertainment. It is a $6 book, so do keep that in mind. I, I At the end of this, I want to see this movie. It would, it would cost too much. It would, but it's... I don't know how much did Tom Cruise charge to be in uh, Tropic $67 Thunder. $67 million. Not in Tropic Thunder. Well, I think I he did it. Not very much. I don't think he did it. I think he did it as a way low wage. <laughs> I am you totally you a human be able, being with a human is, head, and, and this not is an why alien this is why I this is why I can't believe they got away with what they did. Because when you're using someone's likeness, you have to pay a likeness rights. Mm-hmm. And eh, what, if it falls under parody, you can get away with it with the Mad Magazine defense. Yeah, it's I don't know if it's even parody because it's treated as straight up. These are the actors, <laughs> and here's how they are dealing with the zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Because what they do to Justin Bieber is just. Do they name him <laughs> Justin Bieber? They say, let's see, Justin. See, that's the thing. They never put the two names together. They don't ever say Justin yeah. Bieber. But you'll hear yeah, someone in the background screaming Bieber, and then you, everyone's calling him Justin. Mm-hmm. Selena yeah. Gomez, they call her out as Selena Gomez. Mm-hmm. 
I think they're sliding it in under that mad defense. It's, it's that, probably all parody, but oh my gosh, it is. <laughs> I don't know. That's funny. I, I'm kind of disappointed, though, Matthew, that, that you grabbed uh, Conan Red Sonja number two. I did. Because I read the first issue and really got a kick out of it. This is a Jim it's Zub. Been, this is Jim Zub and Gail Simone doing this. It's the first time that I've managed to slip something past you guys uh, in, in the writing pool in weeks. I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Conan Red Sonja number two snuck in under the wire. I happen to get the review copy from the Dark Horse comics. Actually, Dark Horse and Dynamite working together. Yes, they are working together on this, yes. Dynamite has the Red Sonja license. Dark Horse has Conan. Right. Jim Zub and uh, Gail Simone writing together. Yep. Refusing to say who did what. Exactly, and that's the best part. Stellar, stellar mm. art. I'm going to say this right up front. Dan Panoshian Ooh. killing it on this did you, book. Did you read the first issue? No, I didn't, but you, you don't to have because, to. You need to because there's a beautiful double-page spread of Conan and Red Sonja fighting, and it's just oh. pow right in your face. I definitely will, but, you know, I was going to review it for the site, and then somebody's like, Hi, Steven. Hey, you so, got to get yeah. up pretty early in the morning, Matthew. I do. I get up at like 545. Yeah, got to get up earlier than that. I wake up. <laughs> Go ahead. Conan Red Sonja number two <laughs> starts uh, several years after number one, apparently, mm-hmm. at a time when Conan is the Prince of the Black Seas alongside Belit, the Queen of the Floopity Doopities. Right. And Red Sonja and her associate, uh, I can't remember her name, but I should remember her name. Anyway, they are also in ships on the ocean. And it turns out to be this really awesome open where Conan and his pirate people are like, aha, we'll sneak up on this little ship and we'll pirate their faces. And Red Sonja is in her little ship going, haha, the pirates will come and we will kill and eat them. Haha. So they're, they're both trying to trick the other. And it comes up this gorgeous two-page spread of the ships clashing. And then the fighty-fighty. Belit and Red Sonia fight and fight and fight. And Sonia's associate and Conan fight and fight and fight. Until they realize, wait, I know her and I know him. And then it gets awkward. Because uh, Sonia's lady friend does not like the way she's looking at Conan. And Belit does not like the way Conan is looking at Red Sonia. But it's this real subtle sort of thing where it's not like they're interested in each other but it's obvious that they're perfect for each other and they have Who, this conan, conan and red sonia or red sonia conan, and her conan and red sonia oh okay are clearly perfect for each other and so their significant others are very very jealous it gets very weird and <laughs> but it shouldn't course, be weird it's not like they're related or anything oh no they totally are but yeah it's it, there's this great moment when they meet and they hug they hug conan hugs her and it feels perfectly in character. And he's like, glad you're still alive, Bikram. Very glad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and the, and Bil- in the first issue, they, they fight for like six panels. And then mm-hmm. they're just like, why are we fighting? We, <laughs> we both were in here to rob this and this steal this thing together. Why, not why are we rob? fighting? And yep. then, oh, and then they find out that they were hired by the same guy. And then they dispatch mm-hmm. him and the thing that they stole. But not all of the things they stole, apparently. Ooh. And, uh, yeah, that sounds interesting. I'm wondering if it's the same thing. Yeah, it is. Because they find a strange, withered island filled with terrible things and things that are terrible and dead bodies and signs that say, turn around, only death here. Yeah. Don't, don't dead uh, plants, open. Zombies. Inside. Yeah. Plants and zombies. Something like that. Yes. And, of course, an evil sorcerer. Mm-hmm. 
you got to have yourself an evil sorcerer. There's a lot of the choppy choppy and the fighty fighty. Really, really gorgeous use of color. Yeah. Because whatever is going on throughout this issue with the vines, the vines are blood red. Yep. So they have this real subtle coloration and then you blood red vine. There's a scene on, I want to say like page uh, 16, 17, something like that, where you see this tower, this gray tower on a moor and it's just creepy and there's there's like a background and mist everywhere and blood red. <laughs> it's yeah. really nicely done. Uh, but this is a gorgeous looking issue. By the way, Thoth Ammon. That's a bad guy. It's fun to say Thoth Ammon. Yeah, I believe. I want to say he's an actual old school Robert yeah. E. Howard type character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, what I just like about it, at least the vibe that I got from the first issue is you could feel like they were tapping into the uh, uh, Howard Lovecraft vibe mm-hmm. going on because the things, these vines, feel mm-hmm. very Lovecraftian. Yeah, and that's definitely here too. They're a little bit older than they were apparently in issue one, but it's interesting because I think at the first one he was Conan the Barbarian, right? Yes, and she was uh, she devil with a sword. She hadn't yet become uh, pirate queen or anything like that, right? And now he's in his whole his whole pirate of the dark seas phase. I'm wondering if this miniseries is going to be the various ages of Conan with her thrown in. It, it could very well be because that was one of the things that I questioned on the first issue was, wow, they're treating this as a first meeting. That seems odd considering that we know that these two have met over the years. And so if that's what they're doing, showing the two mm-hmm. characters dealing with this horror over the span of 20 years, it could be really interesting because um, – the other Red Sonia book is the one that is after, I think it's Vulture, Vulture's Tower or whatever it is, is mm-hmm. the one that takes place after she is queen and she's basically retired from everything. Right. So now the Red Sonia in the uh, Howard books is not exactly the same Red Sonia of the comics. Right, right, right. But yeah, I did just find him out. I just like to point that out because people like to tell me this and I go, no, ha ha, I know better. Ha ha. Red Sonia was invented by Roy Thomas in 1972. Because I feel good about it. Four slices of meatloaf. This is a good book. Yeah. It's got a really nice surprise slash cheap shot near the end of the book that's beautiful. I like the way it opens. I like the way it closes. And I like the use of it as a chapter in their lives mm-hmm. rather than, you know, a six issue crossover of this is the time they met. This is a chapter during their lives when they encountered each other again. So does this I, one? So does this one have a? Is this def, a, a standalone tale like the first one was? Yes. Okay. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end. That's definitely what they've got to be going with. With that weird there's hooks. Yeah, I mean, there's this little cliffhanger thing with the creature thing, the the mm. red vines. Okay, I'm I'm on board. Red, I, I love the first red issue. Vines and Mister Pib. Yeah, boy, going to the movie theater. Delicious. Yeah. Lazy Sunday. Oh, sorry. Ah, uh, yeah, four slices of meatloaf for Conan Red Sonia number two from Dynamite and uh, Dark Horse. Well done, guys. Very, very good stuff. They got me into. I'm not a sword and sorcery type of guy, but they got me into this, and I'm like, oh darn it. I, I'm I. Gail Simone's Red Sonia is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm reviewing one of the Nancy Collins ones this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I reviewed the legendary Red Sonia. Uh, that also comes out this week from Dynamite <laughs> Entertainment, which is the steampunk version. It is surprisingly good. Steampunk zone, yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of Red Sonia out there. The thing that I'm surprised about is that Dark Horse and Dynamite haven't been 
hyping this because it is so good. It is Gail Simone, who's one of the best uh, writers out there. It's mm-hmm. got Jim Zub, who's also a very solid writer and is very well known with what mm-hmm. he does with Skull Kickers. And um, what else is he doing, Zach? Uh, uh, he's doing Samurai Jack. Yeah, Samurai Jack. Yeah. With everything that he's doing, he is he's a solid writer. And these two together just knock it out of the park. And I'm surprised that both companies aren't hyping this more because mm-hmm. they could and they should. Because I wonder it is if that good. because it's because it's a, a co-production, they have to limit the amount of hypey hype they can do. I don't know. Maybe it's I don't know. Um, I didn't look on the last issue to see who which company had the top building, but often in these they flip flop back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, man, I can't wait to get my hands on this. I I guess I didn't see it in my list, or I would have snagged it away from you, Matthew. So, <laughs> good job there. Hey, I'm a ninja. Now, uh, sex criminal Zach. Yes, sex criminal number ten came out last week and it wraps up the second volume of Sex Criminals. Oh man, I missed it. Uh, let me tell you, it's such a good wrap up to this arc and it leads amazingly into the next arc that'll start in a couple months. Um, a big portion of the second volume of Sex Criminals has been dealing with like John and uh, Susie's relationship and how they're just getting along with each other and uh, I know this because I binge read the whole second volume today leading up to this (laughs) and it's so good and that's why I can really tell you this is a great ending to the second volume Uh, so they've been dealing with a lot of personal things and uh, but now they're dealing with a lot of personal things and trying to get back at the sex police who have been ruining their lives in some way or another by destroying libraries or just driving uh, John into uh, a psychosis. Yeah. John's uh, off his meds, though. Uh, not anymore, though. Really? Okay. Well, he's he has, uh, since, I think, issue eight or nine, been seeing a new psychiatrist. The guy he met in the mall. In the mall, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, a, and a large portion of this issue is, like, flashbacks to him talking to him because he is dealing with how much he actually loves Susie and has not told her yet. Oh, that's so nice. Uh, awesome. Yes, she is amazing. And so they're trying to uh, make this scheme happen with uh, this old, uh, she was an old uh, stripper and an porn star, but now a Jasmine St. Cocaine. Yes, there you go. Jasmine St. Cocaine. Uh, they're trying to pull off uh, a three-way entering into the cum world or the quiet, however you prefer to express what all these characters do when they orgasm and stop time or slow because it down. Because Susie calls, calls it the quiet, right? Right. Yeah. John right. calls it cum world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jasmine so, doesn't call it anything. No, she does not. Uh, so they're trying to make this plan happen so then they can start messing with the sex police and try to get back for all they do. Uh, and so that's a great, and that, and so, I mean, the way this thing is told out is John is trying to deal with his feelings, talking to a psychiatrist. They're trying to pull off this big get, get at the uh, sex, uh, sex police. And then, uh, oh, was it Rainbow Robert and, uh, uh Robert Rainbow, uh, Robert Rainbow yeah. and, uh, uh, Susie's, uh, uh, old roommate, Rachel are together um, they're they're starting to become a thing, and uh, this leads to uh, 
uh, I mean, this issue of Sex Criminals is probably the most graphic of this volume. Oh, really? In sexual organs shown. There is a birth, and they show it uh, shooting into the, the birthing canal uh, wow. on the page because uh, 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 Robert Rainbow is a uh, gynecologist. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, uh, Rachel asks him why he's a gynecologist, and it is uh, a deep and emotional why he wants to be uh, a gynecologist because he said when he was first a uh, uh, he was doing his doctor rounds when he was still in med school he had to work at the childhood on- oncology uh, division of the hospital and he said he hated that so he wanted to go on the opposite end of of the the, the cancer and the death of children and bringing kids into life so it's this really just great moment and that's what I think Sex Criminals does amazingly well is that on the surface you would think it was just this vulgar. Uh, thing, but there is like so much character depth yeah, yeah. and emotion in sex criminals that it'll just like just pull on your heartstrings super hard and then make you laugh because they hit each other with a dildo or something. Yeah, this was yeah. out last week, right? I'm this about, was out last week. Yeah. I'm about image. six or seven issues behind. Yeah, uh, I usually that usually happens to me, and then I binge read them, and then yeah, yeah. they're it's so good. Yeah, in, so like, good when volume. you read them in, in the big volume. Yeah, That's so what I was good. talking about earlier. Yeah. Uh, All right, let's get this out of the way. The sex police they live inside of my head. Dude. <laughs> So there you go. If uh, you could pick them, actually, if you read digital comics and you're listening yeah, to some time, uh, yeah, a lot of Matt Fraction stuff is up on Comicsology, really cheap right now. So you could pick up the second volume for like, geez, probably like five or six dollars wow. total. Wow. Uh, so that'd be a really good deal. Or you can wait for the second volume to come out uh, and trade in the month. Or the big hardback collection of the first ten <laughs> issues is going to be coming out uh, in March. Aren't they just calling it the big hard edition? <laughs> I believe so. Yeah. yeah, this is this is rife with innuendo. Oh, yes. no, it is. Totally uh, is. And this is the only comic whose letters I, section I read because they are absolutely. Oh, hilarious. Oh, I guess was it uh, Zadarsky or Fraction that did the live reading of the letters oh, like remember. two weeks ago? I don't remember. Oh, okay. uh, but if, if you are a fan of, uh, first I'll get this way. I love this issue. I'm going to four slice that meatloaf. If you are a fan of this book, you should also pick up their sex book, which is a a a, a collection of a lot of their. Uh, uh, notes and sex tips from the. You can get it in a book. It's called Just the Tips. Just the Tips. That's, that's uh, I bought it. That's what he was reading. That's what he was reading from. That was yeah, the, yeah, yeah. We keep it on our uh, our, our night our nightstand next to our bed, and I'll read some every once in a while. Right and, uh, on top of the a, Holy Bible. Yeah, I'll have a good old laugh before uh, we <laughs> go to bed. Go to bed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank there you, you so much, Zach. As Matthew alluded to earlier, so many, 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 many more reviews. Over at Majorspoilers.com. Uh, Matthew, did you do this Thor issue? No, I believe... Uh, oh, Ash that was did. Ashley did that. Somebody asked the question, and it's the one that I brought up uh, after the Secret Wars thing. And somebody somebody said, you think they're just going to get rid of her after Secret Wars? I hope not. No. Yeah. Oh. No, they won't. I don't think they will, because here's why. Beta Ray She's, Bill is a one-off joke from 1987, and he's still around. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, you can also, if you haven't checked it out, check out Jason Inman's first outing as the co-host of DC All Access. That uh, came out on Tuesday. He and Tiffany Smith go and talk about Harley Quinn and dive into some Flash stuff. So you'll want to go and check that out as well. Plus all the cool stuff over at Majorspoilers.com, including the Major Spoilers Poll of the Week. Week, 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 week. Week, 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 week. This week, J.R. wrote <laughs> I'm in. I'm sorry. I missed my cue. You don't do it every week. <laughs> uh, J.R. wrote in. and he, Basically, he was saying, hey, you know, uh, in this digital comics world, would you prefer that you have a three ninety nine book – and it includes a digital code for free, or would you prefer, 
or wait, let me see. A four ninety nine book and the digital code is for free, or would you rather pay uh three ninety nine and then pay the extra buck if you want the digital code to get the digital version of that? We've had that discussion before, we've talked about it before. But then he asked another question that I thought was rather interesting uh in regards to a way to promote comics. And basically the question that he asked was, should Disney and Warner Brothers put digital comic codes on movie tickets? Zach? Uh, yes, they absolutely should. And um, I know someone in the comments brought up the fact that they'd probably charge more for a ticket, which means uh, I understand that, and that's probably a concern, unless they did some short, you know, 10-page thing, and they would make their money on that. Well, but easily. I mean... And they, I, but I think if they would do it, they would do it like they'd give out, like, posters of the IMAX things. Yeah, yeah. So if you go see an IMAX showing of... Batman, Superman, or whatever the Avengers 2, if they do IMAX showings, I think that would be something that would probably be more likely instead of just your regular theater downtown. If you had a small theater that you probably wouldn't get his code, maybe. Matthew? But I think they should do it. Yes. What What do you think about this? Uh, well, the question is, should they? The answer is yes. Now, ask me if they would. No, they probably won't. And, he, and yeah, and that's that's the real problem. I, I vote yes. I mean, I, it makes yeah. perfect sense if you're trying to do synergy, if you're trying to get people oh, interested yeah. in comic books. You're printing out a ticket. Nobody is like printing up tickets months in <laughs> advance, years in advance. You can't yeah. go over to the to the movie theater and you open up the closet and they have like a million tickets sitting there for Avengers <laughs> 2. They print them out on a little laser printer, mm-hmm. little uh, checkout receipt thing. It's very easy to drop whatever on there. You can type in you know, what the name of the movie is and who it stars in the showtime on that ticket. There's nothing that says here is a general code mm-hmm. to go and get this comic. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to be random. You don't have to do anything. You can just provide a general code and everybody who wants it can go over to comiXology, download that comic. And we've said it before. Um, yes, there are server costs, mm-hmm. but the publishers have already paid for, the uh, the art and the writing of the comic just so they could get it out there. So they're not losing anything by um, trying to get a portion of the ticket sales off of that. Mm-hmm. They should write it as a lost leader promotional piece. They do it every year with free comic book day. They can do it on a big release of, of, of their movie. And then the hook is they go over to Comixology. They're getting ready to buy and check out with this uh, with this free comic, whether it be uh, their adaptation of Age of Ultron or whatever it is. And oh, by the way, here are six number mm-hmm. one issues for 99 cents that you can buy. Well, I mean... The people uh, who are out of it is, is of course, uh, Comixology because they have yeah. all the the, uh, the server costs and the uh, internet uh, mm-hmm. traffic costs but that they would, have to pay. You would assume then there's a, a return of people coming back and do more more people. I mean, there's a thing. Uh, but with yeah. Avengers 2 releasing so close to Free Comic Book Day, you would think that they could probably do a promotion. Or, Matthew, I've never worked in a comic book shop, but... Mm-hmm. Um, would it be uh, uh, crazy to think that maybe a comic book shop would be, hey, bring your ticket stub in and you can get a free comic or you can get 25% off your purchase or mm-hmm. is that something crazy? That is not crazy. Uh, that's actually kind of a, you know, a wild out there idea. I think your main problem is going to be 
earshop having the actual wherewithal to put it together. Yeah, yeah because the publisher oh. isn't going to help the comic book shop on that. No, they're not right. going to no, the no, no. ship them 10,000 extra copies. No. So right. what's going to happen is the publisher is going to go, well, you guys, good luck. We'll mention it uh, in right. passing. And then, yeah, the, sure. then the comic shop owner has to anticipate, well, how many people are going to come into the shop and take advantage of this? How many right. comics do I have mm-hmm. to buy? And what am I going to do with the 10,000 Star Wars number ones that sure. I now have sticking around because I wanted to get this variant issue that are now going to fill up the quarter bin? That's the, that is the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. I just say do the, do the free code on the, on the ticket and just make sure people are aware of it. And then it's got everything right there on the ticket. Yep. They take it home. Do, 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 do. Done. <laughs> I mean, how often do you or go at to least Mc- just like a QR code? To well, scan. but how often do you go to uh, McDonald's or Pizza Hut or whatever now, and you go and you get the uh, this happened at, at Home Depot too uh, on the printout of your ticket. Dylan's does the same thing on the printout of your ticket. They're like, oh, go online and fill out this short survey, and you could win ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Is the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. It's not going to cost them anything extra. And it, it seems like everybody else thinks that uh, Disney and Warner Brothers should do this as well, right, Matthew? Well, yeah, I think so. 85% of the people voting do. There you go. Good. Good on you. All right, everybody. Uh, you can head over to Majorspoilers.com. Cast your vote in the Major Spoilers poll of the week. And uh, check out some other good things. Become a Major Spoilers VIP. More people are doing that every day. We're trying to get 1,500 people by the uh, 1st of June, into June, sometime in June. 1,500 subscribers. And uh, then we'll do that whole Pulp Fiction thing for you guys. It'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. Also want to give a big thank you to Tweaked Audio. TweakedAudio.com is sponsoring this episode of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Head over to TweakedAudio.com. They've got some great uh, headphones, earbuds, whatever you want to call them. I say get the ones Head with the buds. microphones. Get the ones with the microphones. They're designed for great music and talk. They're great for podcast listening. They have the noise-reducing design. And best of all, when you use the checkout code MAJOR, you're going to get 30% off your price. 30 33%, a third off your price. Yes. TweakedAudio.com. We thank them for their support. So last week, or a couple of weeks ago, uh, Brian Clevenger and Scott Wegner, the creators of Atomic Robo, announced that, hey, from now on, we're going to be releasing all of our new issues online. We're going to be releasing them like a page, not quite a page a day, but three pages a week, something like that. And we're just going to do that. And you guys are going to get to it. And by the way, support our Patreon. And it's a totally cool model. We've seen it before, especially with Wegner, or from uh, with uh, Clevenger coming from webcomics. We've seen this before. He's using a model that isn't new. But I think this is very surprising considering that um, they're kind of shying away now from from uh, from print comics. Uh, their contract with Red 5 Comics is over and uh, they're moving on for a new distribution method. And they think it's through the web and through hmm. Patreon support. And uh, I've got a, uh, I had a chance to sit down with with Brian this last week and have a little chat about everything that's going on with Atomic Robo. Give it a listen. Hey, Brian, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me on. First, I just want to say I really enjoyed your take on King the Phantom number one that came out a couple of weeks ago, or at least I read it a couple of weeks ago, and I thought that was really great. Thank you very much. We had a whole lot of fun uh, putting that together. Was this your idea to bring uh, to bring Luthor front and center? Oh no, that was that was planted way back in uh, the King's Watch uh, crossover from was that last year? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, that took me by surprise because I was just you know I was reading it. As research and just all of a sudden, oh, look at that. It, uh, Lothar has, has, you know, suited up. All right, that's cool. Let's yeah, run I, with it. I just thought that that played out really well. And I like how I, I like how this idea is that normally when you find a new phantom, 
you kind of have to drag them kicking and screaming into the into the role as they try mm-hmm. to figure out their way. But Luthor is just kind of a this character that's well, I'm accepting the role, but he really hasn't realized that he is the Phantom yeah. yet, which I think is a is a really neat kind of twist on that. Uh, yeah, I thought that, that was a really clever way. I don't know who over at Dynamite came up with that, if it was, or if it was was it Jeff Parker who did the King's Watch. I'm, I, I'm I don't remember. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway. Whoever came up with that twist, uh, you know, well done because it it freed us uh, to to jump into the Phantom, you know, uh, both honoring longtime fans and giving people who aren't familiar with it or who could be new fans, you know, this little it's not even a twist. I don't know, just a different angle mm-hmm. uh, to sort of uh, just you know check it out. Now is and, this a, uh, and we've had a lot of fun. Is this a limited or is this an ongoing? I have, I'm doing four issues, and okay. uh, I don't know what's going on beyond that. Okay, cool. cool I would cool, love cool. to do more if anyone from Dynamite is, is listening. <laughs> Sometimes they do. Sometimes they do. So uh, there you go. So let's talk uh, Atomic Robo. Let's. So first of all, you just wrapped up, was it a month or two ago, Atomic Robo and the Knights of the Golden Circle, which yes, sir. I don't know has me just waiting for the next series to kick <laughs> off because, gosh dang it, what a way to end that. Yeah. Yeah, that was the plan all along. Um, God, you guys do that all the time with mm-hmm. these series. And I this is, what, eight years now that you've been doing Atomic Robo? Uh, I think this will be our eighth year, yeah. Wow. Are you busier now, do you think, with Atomic Robo than you were eight years ago when you are doing 8-Bits Theater and, and those kinds of things? Oh, definitely. Um, Robo is very nearly a full-time job. Wow. That, that's like actually I, really good. Oh, it's fantastic. For the last, I'd say, six, maybe eight months, um, I've been turning down almost every freelance job that gets offered to me. Because I just don't have time. I, it would be irresponsible to accept it. Now, is that more so because you're writing so many Atomic Robo adventures or because of this announcement that you made a couple of weeks ago about putting Atomic Robo online for free? Uh, mostly it's uh, just keeping up with Robo. Um, and, you know, for a small time, we're just, it's just me and Scott. And mm-hmm. you know, Scott has to draw all damn day to stick to any kind of schedule. So a, a lot of the other responsibilities fall on my shoulders. You know, that we were doing the... The Kickstarter, um, right? That like, was a basically a whole other full time job. Uh, every so often, I you know I still do some freelance work, but you know not a whole lot. It just takes time. Yeah, I finally got my Kickstarter package in the other day, so oh, great. I'm excited about that. So uh, we will do an unboxing on one of our YouTube videos very soon ah. with that. So, um, so let's talk. So for years. Atomic yes. o- Robo was through Red 5 Comics, and then yes. that contract is ending, or has ended? It, it has ended. Um, we sort of did a gentleman's agreement. Uh, well, first of all, we, we warned them that this was pending uh, quite a while ago, mm-hmm. just to give everybody you know, time to you know, get all the ducks in a row and, and make sure that nobody's printing you know, 10,000 new copies of a, of a trade that's about to, you know, they're about to lose the license, if, as it were. Right. Um, and so, and, and then, you know, volume nine, we, we just agreed. It was at the point where it was like, you know, either volume eight can be the last volume that we do together, or, you know, we can extend it to the end of volume nine. Uh, and I, and I believe Scott and I pitched, you know, to, to, for volume nine to still be under the red five banner, mm-hmm. you know, just so that we could maximize the amount of profit, you know, that they were making, you know, off of their investment of this. Right. And, and, uh, and, you know, there were some delays with that, uh, between both production because uh, the Kickstarter really kicked us, mm. and uh, just Diamond being Diamond, so um, we just sort of entered a sort of a gentleman's agreement to be like, hey, you know, even though the contract is technically expired already, let's just you know all just 
agree to just, you know, finish up volume nine, get that out there and, you know, pretend like the terms of the contract still apply and just not, you know, nobody wants to screw anybody. Well, it sounds like then there's no animosity. No, no, uh, no. You know, with Red 5, it's a small company. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott and I deal with the co-owners. You know, there's nobody in the middle. Um, you know, and we've known these guys for seven years and they've done so much for Robo. You know, right. we wouldn't be where we are today without them. And I mean, we've met their families and I mean, we, we know these guys. Yeah. And that's what made it so hard, actually, because if it was just a faceless corporate thing, you know, we would have said, oh, we just want more money and mm-hmm. we don't care how you figure out how to get it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we know Red 5. We know that we are their biggest book. We know what the sales are. We already know they're giving us as much as they can. And we could have asked for more, but I really, we, it just felt like it was going to turn into blackmail. Like, we know that these guys have day jobs, we know right, that right. they have families, we know that they have mortgages. And they probably could have scrounged up the, the money to, you know, give us bigger advances or whatever. But, you know, I, I just didn't feel right to do that. Like, it just felt like blackmail or that mm-hmm. it could very easily become that. So, I, it just felt like the least harmful decision to all parties was for Scott and I to just go our separate way and there's no diamond taking a cut. There's no mm-hmm. publisher taking a cut. There's no retailer taking a cut. I mean, we'll still sell through the direct market somehow. We're, we're still figuring that out, but we expect the majority of our sales to just be direct through us mm-hmm. where we're keeping, you know, the majority of, of uh, the sale. Well, it's interesting because, and I find, I found this super fascinating when you guys announced this because long before or right around the same time that the iPad launched, you guys moved Atomic Robo to a digital distribution outlet that you could buy through. I can't remember if it was the Atomic Robo app, I think is what it was originally. Uh, yeah, the early days were a bit confusing, uh, <laughs> but because uh, it was all, you know, there was this mad rush for right. you know, digital apps or uh, digital comics apps. Um, but yeah, uh, we were, I know that we were the very first comic entered into the Comixology database, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Um, and we were on all the early platforms. Uh, because uh, Red Five, you know, they were very gung ho. They these were web guys, right? Uh, they came from you know online sites, and that, that was just how they met. Uh, they, you know, these to run Paul, one of the co-founders, used to run StarWars.com, right? Know? Yeah. So they, these guys were not afraid of the web. So uh, you know, they were like, "Yes, get our get our stuff on these new platforms immediately." And I was I was really surprised because it, if I remember what, an early report, and I don't know if it was up on the Atomic Robo website on the blog that you and Scott were doing or somewhere else, but sales were really, really high uh, in that digital platform. And yeah, then, uh, of course, the, you... The way ahead. that I like to put it is that uh, we were the... Because, because there were two major platforms in the very early days. It was mm-hmm. Iverse, which is now Comics Plus, right. Comics Plus, and Comixology. And in, in the very early, like maybe the first quarter of the, this stuff, maybe the second, Robo Comics as a whole were the highest-selling digital comics at the time, which sounds really impressive, but you have to remember this is well before, you know, it was a small pool at the time. There yeah, weren't yeah. that many comics. Yeah. And we already had such a large online presence from my years of working in the 8-bit theater. So, I mean, it was just inevitable that there was going to be a large amount of crossover. But it sounds impressive. No, if you leave well, out all the caveats, it sounds great. <laughs> no, but it was because it really got a lot of attention to the property than... Um, than say, you know, Spider-Man is on yeah. digital. So I, th- I think that was a big positive thing. And then, of course, you were doing, I, I thought, um, really well with print and with the trade collections. And now it seems like you've swung back around to 
I don't want to say webcomic days, but into that model of thinking from what you were doing with 8-Bit Theater, which I find very fascinating. Yeah, um, you know, all along we've people come to us since we started uh, since we started Atomic Robo, and they'd be like, you know, how do I get noticed? How do I get my comic out there? And we our answer was always, well, just start a webcomic and, mm-hmm. and go from there. And, and so, you know, I think that the seed had just been in our heads all along that you know, why aren't we doing that as well? There's just a lot of advantages uh, when you are, are are as small as we are. Like sales have been good for Robo. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when you consider that, you know, neither one of us has ever had a, a big two career, so we don't have this, you know, sort of crossover uh, or, or fan base within the industry as, as a whole. You know, we kind of came out of nowhere with a publisher that literally no one had heard of because we were the first book they published. Mm-hmm. You know, we we having pretty much no advantages that that you know uh, helps an indie book uh, in the print industry industry get established. You know, we did really well for nine volumes in seven years. It's just the fact that, you know, with uh, all the all the cuts that come out of the direct market uh, sales, you know, again, publisher, printer, uh, retailer, uh, Diamond, you know, there's just not a lot left. Yeah. You know, you, you spend $20 on that trade, we might get two, mm. you know, and we it just didn't, we, we if we could have just gotten a few more sales we could have just gotten a, a bit of a bump we probably could have you know there, there's a certain hump in, in retail where you know working up to it and right at, at it you're not quite making enough to get by but if you can get over that hump you know it's smooth sailing and we, were, we were right at that cusp and it just you know it just never came together yeah well maybe this i'm there was a lot of talk when this announcement came out about mm-hmm about how this, I don't know if this, do you think this changes the model where, I mean, again, are you now considering Atomic Robo now just a webcomic? Is it, are you putting it into that category or how are you categorizing I, Atomic Robo now? I mean, we keep saying it's a webcomic now, so I guess okay. that's it. Okay. I mean, we're, we're still going to print collections. Sure. We're going to reprint the old catalog and, and, you know, make new stuff, but, uh, so explain. I mean, it's, it's Primarily web now. Sure. So now explain, because I know a lot of people are, are scratching their heads going, well, here were these guys getting, you know, a percentage of their physical comic book sales. How now are you looking to monetize Atomic Robo through the web? Web advertising through? Yeah, we've got advertising through uh, Hiveworks. We've got the online store, mm-hmm. which uh, sells some of the leftovers from the uh, the Kickstarter campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will eventually be selling, you know, trade paperbacks and um, missing a big one, Patreon. So, yeah, that's what, you know, I have a lot of friends who use Patreon exclusively to fund their podcast networks, their websites, and they're very, very successful with that. Uh, I think uh, they're in the top 10. Uh, each of them that I know is in the top Golly. 10. And so to them, it's been very, very successful. I've kind of avoided Patreon um, mainly because of cuts and everything that even Patreon oh, yeah. gets, uh, and have gone through a private membership drive myself. What what was the decision between creating a donation via the site, Patreon, or just making stuff behind a paywall? What was the thinking behind those three? Paywall decisions? just doesn't paywall just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, I suspect it what it does for porn, but yeah. we don't really do that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so paywall was, was right out. Um, 
and also we just, I mean, we really just want people to read this book. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in fact, it kind of goes back to our policy on piracy. You know, even when we were just purely a print comic and we'd see, you know, uh, pirated copies online, like the day before the, the issue actually comes out, you know, that that's fine. Cause these people, somebody's going to read it and they're going to go either. Oh, I never would have paid for that anyway. So we don't lose a sale. Or they're like, I never heard of this. Where, how, how do I get more? How do I support these guys? They would seek it out. Maybe not immediately, but it would happen. So uh, we just want, we just want the comic out there for free. We want it to be as accessible as possible. And you know, our theory is that a certain percentage of people will, you know, enjoy it enough to go. Oh, I'm going to give these guys a couple bucks a month or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And um, we went with the Patreon model just because it's it's kind of established. Mm-hmm. Um, it's familiar. It uh, it feels it feels like you're not just throwing your money out into the ether because mm-hmm. it's been around. There's so many people running them. It, it it seems like a like a robust, dependable economy within there, and uh, the infrastructure within it, like the you know the back end, is just makes it very easy for us to you know come up with these rewards and to get them out there to the backers. And it's pretty painless. So what is then the release schedule for Atomic Robo? Right now, you're you're putting up all of the back the back matter, all the back issue stuff. Yeah, right now we are doing a one one full issue every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so it's pretty nuts. Uh, we we kind of wanted to balance. You know, we we couldn't put all the whole thing up on day one because it's a thousand pages and yeah. nobody's going to read all that. Yeah. So, but at the same time, we couldn't just do it, you know, like a page a day or whatever, because that would, that would be so slow. It would take three years, Mm -hmm. three and a half years or or something. Mm -hmm. So the compromise has been, okay, you know, or even, even one issue a week would have have taken a whole year. So Mm -hmm. three issues a week, uh, you know, it only takes a couple minutes to read them when they're all, when all the pages are just there. Right. Uh, this gets us through, uh, the very end of volume nine and all the free comic book day material somewhere in May. I think it's mid May. Uh, and that's when Volume Ten is going to start. Excellent. Volume Ten will have a different update schedule, though. And, uh, and what will that update? It'll, it'll work out. It, it, I think it's gonna. You're gonna get something every day. So like a page a day kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then with Patreon right right now has has it been successful? This has been I think right now as of this recording we're into week three of the Patreon launch. Is it? I, I think so. Because you it's, announced it's it on week the sixteenth. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're doing, we cannot complain. Uh, we've got, well, let me check. Looks like uh, 313 patrons. Yeah. And you've got some, you've got a reward system set up. And th- this is one of the things that I like about Patreon or, you know, a, a PayPal donation type thing. People can just give as, as much as they want per month or per episode or per issue or whatever. And that helps fund things very quickly uh, for you. And, you know, a dollar a month or $2 a month is not a whole lot for the entertainment that you're getting. Yeah, exactly. And And that's what we really wanted to, uh, to emphasize, you know, comics, you know, pulp, you know, that's where they come from. It's disposable. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to put it, you know, back in the day, it was a nickel or 10 cents. You're not supposed to think about the investment, you know, it's versus the, three or four dollar issue these days and you get 20 pages and a million ads right you know just give us give us a couple dollars you know every month whatever whatever you can afford it's cool 
and we were going to just give you as much entertainment as is humanly possible out of it. Well, and here's kind of the cool deal. I mean, when you strip away the physical, when you strip yeah. away the cost of the ink, the cost of the uh, paper, the cost of shipping, all all the cuts that you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. a buck a month for a comic is, for a new comic, is unheard of and outrageous and something that people, I think, need to jump on. Yeah. I mean, when we're in a day with $5 comics, mm-hmm. it is sometimes inconceivable that what I just read I paid $5 for. And yet oh, yeah. there's a great story out there at Atomic Robo mm-hmm. that I can get for a buck a month or I suppose people could do less, but why would you? Yeah. And, then, uh, oh, and the other thing is that right now it's not one story a month. You know, it's a dollar and you're getting, what, three issues? That's 12 yeah, issues yeah. on average in a month. Yeah. That's, that's an unheard of deal. I know. It's like crazy. So then you've got some, you've got some goals that you're getting close to. I mean, you are less than a thousand dollars away from your, your first goal or your first milestone. No, we have already reached three milestones. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, three milestones reached. Okay. Uh, 3000 a month. You're getting its rating PDFs. So everybody gets the first four volumes of the atomic robo free in PDF form. Yes. Then you have a spinoff series that's coming. Hopefully. And it is based on the flying she devils of the Pacific. Mm -hmm. Basically this will be the, the $5,000 level. Is where we're we are right now putting uh, the real science adventures, uh-huh. our spinoff series, where it primarily deals with side characters and, and stuff, as opposed to Robo personally. Uh, and we're hoping to hit that and uh, the, do another. It'll be like um, Real Science Adventures Volume Two, where it followed Tesla and his crew. Oh yeah, yeah. For ninety six pages, except yeah. instead of Tesla and his crew, it's going to be the She Devils, and we'll see not their origin because that's kind of boring, because mm-hmm. uh, they just got together and decided to kick. Some ass. Yeah. Uh, but it'll be like their first big adventure. You know, think of how, uh, to take this back to Robo, Volume 5 is not Robo's uh, origin, but mm-hmm. it is his first big adventure. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a bit like that with the Sheet Devils. Excellent. And then at uh, 10000 a month, the madness level, <laughs> things go Pure crazy. Madness. Things go crazy. Yeah. But there's us there. I mean, when people pledge different amounts, and this is the other thing that I think is kind of a bonus is that there are rewards. So if you're someone that says, hey, this is such a great deal, I want to do $10 per month. And right now, even $10 a month for three trades is is incredible. Uh, You get a behind the scenes access. You get a look at uh, Scott's concept art. You get to discuss the creative process with the patrons. Those are things that just by itself, if someone wants to be a comic book creator or is looking on how other people are running their model, just that alone is, mm-hmm. is, a, is a great uh, incentive. Yeah, learn from our mistakes. Uh, it looks like most people, though, are looking at $3 a month. $3 a month is the cost of a comic book. Mm-hmm. Is this, where do you see this going? Just, I mean, it, obviously, it's just going to continue to go up. But what, oh, what else so. do you see uh, coming through your Patreon and, and offering this up online for, for free? Uh, on the Patreon angle, I don't know. Uh, I guess we're just going to feel that out as it happens. Um, okay. Yeah, we, we, this is as far as we've thought it through. Yeah. Have you gotten a lot of flack from people? No, none. We've gotten absolutely nothing but just excitement. Uh, obviously, there are more than 313 people that read Atomic Robo. Yeah. But, and that, you know, and that is kind never, of the... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say that's kind of the the catch is that you're never going to capture a hundred percent of your you, audience. You are lucky to capture one percent. So the the 
trick then is to just get the biggest audience possible mm-hmm. and just trust that there will always be every you know from month to month one percent of them you know it's not going to be the same one percent necessarily but one percent of them will be like yeah here's i need a t-shirt or i, I want some extra bonus thing or whatever mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that for me sometimes that is the that's the downer part where it's like oh come on i know that there's more of you yeah. out there than this uh but i i do understand that in this uh, society that, um, you know, the dollar only goes so far and mm-hmm. you have to decide where I want to put my, my money exactly. each month. So, so what is coming up next for atomic robo? Give us a hint, give us a sneak peek at, at the Go next, ahead. next trade at the volume 10. Oh, okay. Volume 10 is atomic robo and the ring of fire. Uh, I keep pitching it as, uh, the Jason Bourne series crossed over with Pacific Rim. Interesting. Yeah, that that is not a combination you would think of, and we didn't mean to do it that way. But you know, when when I finished writing it, I was like, "Oh, uh, so that just happened." And, and Scott's working on the art right now. Yep, he has almost finished the first issue. Wow! And so, how so? Then, from your standpoint, I mean, you said Scott's working every single day cranking mm-hmm. these out. How far ahead are you in the stories? Are you up to like volume twelve already? <laughs> I, you know, ordinarily I would be. Um, but the Kickstarter and just other freelance things, you know, really slowed me down. So I finished volume 10. That was, that was ages ago. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, somewhere, it may be even late 2013. Like, it has been done a while. Wow. Holy crap. Uh, volume 11 has been fairly well-researched and outlined. And we've discussed what we want to do for volume 12, but I haven't done any real work on it. Impressive. But once, uh, once things get going full steam... You're going to have to write a lot, a lot faster. Uh, maybe. Uh, I'm, I, you know, I, you can just write a comic faster than you, and you can draw it no matter what. Right. So I, I figure as long as I get started pretty soon here on volume 11, I'll be able to stay ahead of the game. Maybe not as ahead, mm-hmm. but I'll still be ahead. Okay, cool. I, I'm excited about this. I, I'm really glad that this is uh, happening to you guys and that, uh, that you're getting a lot of, a lot of coverage. I'm hoping that you're getting a lot of coverage off of this. Uh, it seems like it, yeah. And that people are excited, and hopefully the the uh, Patreon donors or patrons increase even more over the next couple of months. I, and I really think that probably at the time, I'm guessing May, when the new volume kicks off, I think that's when you're going to see the biggest surge because people <laughs> are going to want to get the new stuff and mm-hmm. some of these extras, including if if someone wants to pledge a hundred dollars a month, get some original art. Mm-hmm. Cool. Anything else you want to talk about uh, today, Brian? Uh, what other projects? We talked a little bit about the Phantom. Yeah. What else do you have going on? Are you doing any Marvel stuff anymore? Uh, no. What am I doing? I got a, I got a list of things I can't talk about, and oh, that's it. Darn it. Yeah. Darn it. Uh, when will we find out about those? Probably San Diego. Uh, no, I have no idea. I just turned in scripts, and I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> All right, Brian. Well, I am super excited for you. Congratulations on this big announcement. I'm hoping everyone heads over to patreon.com slash tesladyne and uh, checks out the the reward system and learns a little bit more about what the guys at Atomic Robo are doing. And if you want to go and read free Atomic Robo comics, if you've not got into Atomic Robo, uh, you really should. It is Atomic hyphen Robo, right? I think it's a dash, is it? Yeah, let me look here. Yeah, Atomic. Yeah, Atomic hyphen robot.com or dash whichever way you want to call it that way no underscore but atomic hyphen robo.com looks like what are we up to today 
This is issue. Uh, is this issue? Oh, this two is uh, issue of two. Volume two. Yeah. This is the, uh, what is it? The Hell Dogs. What's the name of that one? Uh, Dogs of War. Dogs of War. Yep. 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 Very, very cool. All right, Brian, thank you so much. And thank you for being on the show. And let's get you back on again in May uh, before the new volume kicks off and talk about uh, some updates and what's going on. I'd be happy to. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. That wraps it up for this issue. I hope you enjoyed that interview with uh, with Brian Cleventry. We're going to have him back on again real soon, as well as some other creators. So be sure to uh, check us out from time to time. In fact, check us out weekly. We're here every week for you. How many other people can say that? Thank you, Matthew, for being here. Thank you, Zach, for being here. And thank you, listener, for being here and being part of the Major Spoilers experience. We're going to be back next week to take a look at Alias Volume 4, because we know that you love the Purple Man, and we do too. And we'll talk with you soon. Fat Dick's revision of Superman I could save a few bucks and stand around And read through the covers of the comics on the stand But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose I could still read the evens and the odds Well, I don't know Guess I haven't thought this all the way through Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew He kicked my butt out on the corner What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm Stark Raven, it's like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline But would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine me In the Middle East With a gang sign throwing soldier what a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa What a major spoiler This podcast is copyright 2015 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.